to the crews of Apollo 1, Challenger STS-51L, and Columbia STS-107. Godspeed. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 713, it's Thursday morning. Three of the U.S. space program's darkest days occurred within the span of a week on the calendar, two on consecutive dates, and the other just a few days out from that. NASA's Day of Remembrance is today. It's the fourth Thursday, typically in January. And this year, it'll be the 55th anniversary of the first fatalities in U.S. space travel. And the crew of Apollo 1, they weren't even off the ground. As crew communications from Apollo 1, some of their last words, a spark caused the then all-oxygen environment in their capsule. Fire just ripped through after that spark and some wiring killed all three astronauts on board. What They were just running communications tests on the pad. It wasn't even a launch day. And that was that was the first time, despite you know how risky space travel was. Isn't that amazing? Right? That, that we had lost astronauts. That was January 27th, 1967. January 28th, 1986. Good evening. I'm Tom Brokaw, NBC News in Washington. We have all seen those pictures so many times today, and the ending is always the same. The sickening, shocking realization that no one on board the shuttle Challenger could possibly have survived such a terrible explosion. And one of those on board was the schoolteacher, Krista McCullough. A teacher in space, Krista McCullough, all the times we walked on the moon in the 1970s, and yet... It... <laughs> No fatalities there. Near fatality in Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks mm-hmm. saw that movie. A bitter cold temperatures on the morning of that launch, if you remember, and a faulty seal between sections of the solid rocket boosters caused the demise of Challenger 73 seconds into flight. And then fast forward 2003, the oldest orbiter in the fleet, Columbia. If you'll notice here, it looks like you can see pieces of the shuttle coming off. Pieces of the shuttle coming off, and NASA, we can confirm that the shuttle is behind schedule. It was to land in Florida. There you see what appears to be... Multiple- Do you remember watching that? Did you watch that live? Did you see that? Like, I, the- I got the call that morning, get in the work, because that broke, uh, I think it was a Saturday morning. It was when Saturday or Sunday. Right, yeah, it was a it was weekend, weekend morning. morning. Yes, that was audio from a local news station, the ABC there in Dallas, Texas, WFAA. If you remember, the looked like shooting stars in the sky. They were just yeah. streaking yep. across the sky as Columbia was breaking apart upon re-entry. And it was just minutes from touching down at Kennedy Space Center. On board, of course, Wisconsin's own Dr. Laurel Clark mm-hmm. of Racine. So NASA will remember all those lost today. Administrator Bill Nelson will lead an observance at Arlington National Cemetery. There will be ceremonies at Johnson Space Center in Houston, Kennedy Space Center in Florida, and several of NASA's research facilities as well. To the crews of Apollo 1, Challenger STS-51L, and Columbia STS-107. Godspeed. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Behind 35 points, 18 rebounds, and 10 assists from Giannis the Bucks a day after firing their head coach and Adrian Griffin, beating the red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night. This one by final of 126-116. to 116. Giannis with a big swooping jam as he sends it down. Look out below. The Greek freak taking that one out on the rim. Left hand jam right in your face. 
Dean Wade. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as Giannis would record his seventh triple-double of the season and his third in the last four games. And with the win last night, the Bucks secured their third win in a row as well as snapped the Cleveland Cavaliers' eight-game win streak. Following the game, Bobby Portis sharing some thoughts on what the last 24 hours have been for the team and for himself. New coach, coaching change, obviously it's tough going from one coach last year to a new coach and then obviously be halfway through the season and, you know, turn around and get another one. But, you know, just being a pro, uh, I think one thing that, you know, always remains the same is the game, going out there and playing your minutes with force, um, doing what you do to help the team win and impact winning. Speaking of new coach, Doc Rivers is expected to take over for Milwaukee. The two sides have reportedly agreed on terms to become the team's next head coach. That is, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Doc Rivers comes in with a lot to prove. He has a stretch and a run as a head coach of in Game 7s in the second round of the of the playoffs in both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, where there's a hump for him to get over. The Bucks will host Cleveland again tomorrow night at Pfizer Forum. Over to College Hoops, where the number 14th-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles winning their third game in a row on Wednesday night, beating DePaul on the road 86-73. Kolick outside right. Kolick around a couple screens. Kolick will try the three. Pure! Hey, he's got to look for that shot more. He's got to get that shot down, but he's got to do it in the games. There's a lot of games, you see, he won't take one of those in a lot of games. Homer and Tony Smith on the call over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee as Kolick would knock that three down, and he would lead Marquette on the night with scoring at 22 points. And with the win, Marquette improving to 14-5 and on their season. Next up, Seton Hall on Saturday in Milwaukee. And lastly, as the Packers search for their next defensive coordinator, the Michigan Wolverines will be on the search for their next head coach as Jim Harbaugh is back in the NFL. He has agreed to a five-year deal with the L.A. Chargers on Wednesday night. And, Vinny, this coaching carousel is taking over the headlines on ESPN here. Well, here we go. Bucks, Packers, Michigan Wolverines. That's big for the Big Ten. The Badgers are right back in the mix in the Big Ten. You think Harbaugh was that big of a factor? I think he was a really big factor. Yeah. All right. And he's going to take all his peeps with him, right? And he's going to take all his peeps. <laughs> you want to come with Goodbye. me to the, to, the, to the National Football League? Have fun. 719 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 7.23 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So they had this uh, dog and pony show at the Couture on Wednesday. This is the 44-story residential high-rise. Yeah. One of the best pieces of land in Wisconsin, right? Absolutely. Super valuable piece of property on not just a lake, but a great lake. (laughs) You're right downtown. You're crossing Mm -hmm. from the Calatrava and the Summerfest grounds, all of that. It was topped off this week, which means it's not getting any higher. But work continues to build out the interior of the apartments on the structure. It's billed as a luxury high-rise. But developer Rick Barrett, CEO and founder of Barrett Low Visionary, he's not real happy with that term. It's not just a luxury building because... That's not the message I want. You know, I want this to be a building where there's, you know, distinctly different groups that can be in this building and coexist in in a way that makes it special. So, I mean, it's high end, but he's saying it's not just luxury. Now, the top floor plans on those higher floors go for, I think the most expensive, he said, was $11,000 a month in rent. Okay. So that's not a condo, that's rent. But clearly, this guy knows what he's doing. There's a market for that. But there are floor plans on this quote-unquote luxury high-rise with fewer than 600 square feet, and those will be in the neighborhood of $2,000 a month for rent. 
which kind of is about what you're paying, right? Right. That'd be a pretty cool place to be if you could afford it. So, uh, and then, you know, it has all the amenities and all those things are available to you that will have first floor retail and the hop runs through there, king, king, and all that stuff. So they had this big to-do yesterday. I called it a dog and pony show. And one of my favorite sayings, I heard this from a buddy I used to work with at Channel 4. He said, you never want to have a dog and pony show and the dog bites the pony. (laughs) (laughs) You bring everybody out and then something goes wrong. And nothing went wrong here. So I liken it more like in this case, the pony was not well. The prize pony that everyone came to see was not its best. What's one of the primary reasons that people would want to live at this location? No, it's the view. Of course it's the view. What was the weather yesterday? <laughs> Foghorn. You could have all the TV stations Fog were there. everywhere. Our buddy Jeff Sherman, yep, he was yep. out there. All his video, you could barely see out the windows. I'm looking around like, where's the lake? You could see it and you could still, but you could barely make out the down, you know, the bottom out and the street level. Yep, yep, yep. So yep. I, I felt for those guys. I, I apparently, uh, Barrett That's said, yeah, you're welcome to come back at another time when the view's a little bit better, a little more stunning. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, what are you doing then for that day? I mean, hey, how about these countertops? Yeah, I, <laughs> I did see nice. a couple of pictures of the well, kitchen. It looked nice. So very nice looking place yeah. there. But uh, now not. What? Not exactly what they had hoped that one moment was going to be. Just to re- did you say when it's opening up that I hear April for some of it? Yeah, and th- so this is interesting as well. They'll start renting to people in April, like moving people yeah. in, but the top floors won't be done. So they're, they, you know, you build from the base up, mm-hmm. so some of that retail will still need to be built out on the bottom. The apartments that are ready, and there are some they're bringing prospective uh, tenants through already you can go and if you know if you're serious about wanting to rent a place there they'll take you through and you can see some of these models and so they'll, they'll start to open that up for people to move in in april but then right the the top floors won't be finished until i think sometime this summer they're talking maybe july until it's done done okay and then they go through with their clipboards and check the stuff and whatever else we need a, a viewing area kind of like the sears tower a public viewing yeah area? no you gotta pay pay to get in you can view from the second floor, okay. the likes of you. <laughs> <laughs> Commoner. We should, can we get in there? Oh, yeah, we can. Absolutely. But st- hey, you know what we should do? We should spend the night. Wisconsin's Morning News, live from the Couture. We do an overnighter, you, me, and Pancake. On one of the uh, the floors that's not yeah. finished yet, so it's more like Die Hard. No, no, no. I want the. <laughs> I, I do not want Die Hard. I want, a, I want like the luxury treatment. Oh, okay. All right. The All food right. and everything. All right. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We know people. Talk to our people. So when do the Bucks make it official with Doc? Brandon Snide has sports coming up at 745. Wouldn't that be something if it weren't Doc? <laughs> like... <laughs> After all of this. Right, yeah. No, we never said it was going to be. So picking up on the point that Adam made at the end of the newscast there, I raised the issue when Harley-Davidson announced the dates for its now annual homecoming. Right. We're going to collide with the Milwaukee Air and Water Show. My concern there was you have German Fest already on the Summerfest grounds, and then these two massive events that draw huge crowds to the lakefront all happening at the same time on the same weekend, and in particular on that Saturday when Harley-Davidson is bringing thirty to 40,000 people to Veterans Park. As they're coming to Veterans Park, you're going to have people emptying out 100,000 or so on the low end, leaving Veterans Park or leaving oh, the lakefront. Yes. Right. So I just said, I hope we thought of all of this, not not to mention, too, it's coming the week after Coattails the, the, of the RNC. RNC. Yeah. So you're going to have law enforcement and all the 
city and county services strained already. Just I hope we've thought this through. I even forgot about Brady Street Festival is usually that weekend as well. So Adam's uh, story off the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporting is Brady Street Festival is they're thinking like maybe we should move this. And not even from a logistics standpoint, also kind of to spread the wealth out. Sure. Because that's a popular weekend for people to be down on Brady Street anyway, but they close off the street. Well, when Harley-Davidson has its big events, that street's full of bikers. Oh, yeah. They're, right? doing, they're doing the spin-outs and having fun. Doing and, their things, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, can't we get more than one weekend out of all of this stuff or a couple? So, not for nothing, but it was, I, it was worth raising the question. I know everyone's super confident they can pull all of this stuff off. You just saved that festival. I saved the festival. <laughs> You're I a hero, Vince. Yeah. 7.38 on Wisconsin's Morning News, sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk, heard Saturdays at 10, right here on WTMJ. Red Hot Chili Pipers going to headline the Harley-Davidson Festival. Peppers. Yeah. Peppers. Did I call them Pipers yes. again? Hey, It's a real group, so don't be like, you know, no Pepper. Red Hot Chili Pipers are this bagpipe group. Yeah, no one cares. Pu- Red Hots. <laughs> They're so Red good. Hots are coming here. <laughs> They're good, too. Peppers. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> will headline the Harley-Davidson Homecoming this July. Two nights. How do you think the show's going today? Like, compare it to yesterday. We having as good a game as we did yesterday? I, well, yesterday it's... was a solid game. Big win. It's Big hard, win. Blew them out. Boat race. It's how you don't want to take your foot off the gas right, halfway no, through. Right. So if you missed yesterday's show or any portion of it, we were stacked. Text the word Vince to 855-616-1620. Vince to 855-616-1620. I'll have Pancake send you the podcast link. Each segment is broken out there so you can check and listen in. One of my favorite things that we did yesterday was uh, talked with Mary Spacuza, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. She right. this extraordinary piece. If you have not read it, it's still up. It's getting a lot of run about her cousin whom she didn't know who was killed in a car bombing in Milwaukee because of alleged ties to the mob. Mm-hmm. And it was widely believed that uh, the renowned mobster of the time, Frank Balistrieri, ordered the hit. So it was an extraordinary conversation we had with her about, you know, how personal the story was to her, people who were afraid still even to talk about it, all sorts of interesting stuff. The part that's, that I wish I'd asked her a little bit more about. So she writes about her cousin Augie's friend, Vince, who had been released from prison, but the FBI thought he was like a target and might end up getting killed even after having come out of prison. And so they were kind of on this guy, and somebody tried to kill him with a car bomb before Augie. That's the guy who started his car and realized that the accelerator wasn't working right. Yes, and she details it in the story how this guy Vince had gotten in his car and like things didn't feel right, the accelerator wouldn't go all the way down, it would only go 15, 20 miles an hour. And if you've seen any mob movies... Like, you know, if there's anything like a little bit wrong, you're like, whoa, get out of the vehicle. Right. We drove it around and then sensing something was wrong, actually took it to his mechanic. Let me read you the line from her piece. Morning of August 17th, uh, Vince tried to start his car, could tell something was wrong. She details all that. Um, She drove around. After a brief stop, he went to his mechanic who opened the hood and immediately spotted a package with wires coming out of it. I'm going to call police. He looks like a bomb, is what well, the mechanic I mean, told him. It, was it a trustworthy mechanic, though? You got to make sure it's someone that you can believe is telling you <laughs> the right stuff. Too. Yeah, right. But I just thought, like, you take it to the mechanic and, you're like, listen, uh, my diagnostics guy isn't going to be until later, but 
I mean, we can run a full that. I can do a full write up on it. We got a special at ninety eight ninety five right now plus tax, but. <laughs> Just spitballing here on spec. It looks like your problem might be these sticks of dynamite under your hood. Like I said, my best guy's coming in after 9 o'clock today. He'll give it the once over if that's what you want. 100 bucks for the labor, but. Looks like your problem could be here (laughs) with these sticks of dynamite connected to to your starter. Probably a good call. 746, uh, Brandon Snyde has sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Giannis dropped his third triple-double in the last four games, and the Bucks bounced back after firing head coach Adrian Griffin with a 126-116 victory Wednesday night, snapping the Cleveland Cavaliers a game-win streak. Giannis takes the beat and sends it down. There was no doubt about that one. Goes gliding in and plunges it through with one hand. And Giannis with his fourth bucket of the night. 15-9 lead for Milwaukee. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as Giannis would finish the night with 35 points, 18 rebounds, and 10 assists. Dame Lillard also having himself a good night. He added 28. With the win, the Bucks improved to a season-high 18 games over 500. now sitting at 31-13. and 13. Great win uh, against a team that's playing really, really well right now. Really proud of the guys, the way they played on both ends of the floor. Uh, I know they ended up with 116, had a big, big uh, fourth quarter, but I really thought we did a nice job on both ends. Interim head coach Joe Prutney there following the win. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Bucks are expected to hire Doc Rivers to take over the coaching reins in the next coming days. Nothing official as of yet. Over to the NFL, though, where on Wednesday it was official as the Packers make the firing of defensive coordinator Joe Barry after three seasons in Green Bay. ESPN's Rob Demosky joined 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee to share some of his thoughts on what the next coordinator could look like in Green Bay. You know, the, here's the thing that you have to ask. Does he want to stick with the similar scheme and just get new leadership, or does he want to, you know, sort of blow it up and try something completely different from an X's and O's standpoint? But I would assume that if you're Matt LaFleur, uh, regardless of what type of scheme you want, uh, you've got to be more aggressive. You need to get the ball back to the offense as much as possible. He's got to figure out what best fits that sort of description uh, for this defense. Packers also dismissing strength and conditioning coach Chris Gizzy on Wednesday. Gizzy has served in that role since 2019. And real quick here, uh, Vinny, college hoops, Marquette getting their 14th win of the year. They beat DePaul on the road. 86-73, 86-73, next up for the Golden Eagles, Seton Hall in Milwaukee on Saturday. Yeah, hitting their stride again, a little bit of lull in there. Yeah, three straight wins. So. But we'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Hit, hit. Idea Man. All my coaches would always say, just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you need to answer it their way. Innovator. One of the first times we met, Mercure and I were interviewing you and Kuhn. John Kuhn, okay. we're doing it at Radio City, and I have a, I knew a kid way back when named Scott Tozier, and I called you Scott twice in the interview. <laughs> and Packers Hall of Famer. It never makes any sense because I'm sure right after you guys left, I'm sure John and I were probably like, look at that idiot. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning You, presented by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. 7.55 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So the Bucks go out and win last night, Tausch, within hours of their coach getting whacked. I wonder, what is the toughest sport to undergo a coaching change? I have to think it's football, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. The, 
you know, with basketball, you, you're going to have offensively what you do. Defensively, uh, there's going to be tweaks. But with when it comes to football, they're go- it's not like usually if you fire a coach midseason, the offensive coordinator steps in and takes it. But there's just a difference as far as that mentality because I think it matters a little bit more when it comes to football. Uh, there's obviously fewer games. So, yeah, I would think football is definitely the sport that it's probably the most difficult to do. Not really knowing the intricacies of hockey, I would suggest probably the easiest sport to undergo that would be baseball, right? I mean, like, managers have an important role in what's the lineup, when do I pull the pitcher, who do I bring in, all that stuff. But if you're playing shortstop and a grounder hit is hit to you, you throw it to first no matter who's standing there, right? I mean, there's not well, like a system. <laughs> Yeah, Finn, I'm not gonna lie. You could say that about everything. Oh, hey, uh, drop back and pass and throw the ball <laughs> to the tight end. That's, Find the guy who's open. There's, what the hell? <laughs> there's a little nuance with everything. And when you, as you were just saying that about baseball managers, I was wondering, well, then what was all the uproar about Craig Council leaving? Mm-hmm. If it really wasn't that <laughs> right. big a deal. You know what I mean? Hey, oh, here's something. All right, so. What is the most difficult thing to do in sports? Is it to hit a home hit a run, a hundred mile no, per hour? Hit a baseball. Yeah, yeah. Have, Eric, have you seen these clips of being in a batter's box and trying to locate if somebody the spin of the pitch coming at you a hundred and three? Some guys are throwing, Ugh. and then their changeup is ninety five, and just imagining. Because I think the three of us, we're all pretty good athletes. I've seen everybody on the pickleball court at some point. We all can function and move around. I think we can all catch a pass. Now, do we want to get drilled by a linebacker? (laughs) Probably not. We can all make a jump shot. I don't think any of us are getting in a major league batter's box and hitting a pitch. Like, a a pitch. You can get 100 cuts. If you have somebody throwing 100 miles an hour and they can throw any pitch anytime they want, None of us are hitting it. None I, of us. I stood in the box, Tausch. I don't know if these guys – yeah, it must have been when you were there. Do you remember the Green Bay Billies was like a semi-pro baseball team up there? And they have some yeah, really good baseball up there. I want to say it was the – I know the Bullfrogs, I yeah. think, is what they were called when we were up there. So, yeah, so you did that as like a promo, and I right. how'd it go? I'm working for the TV station. They said, hey, listen, we got a fireballer here. You know, come out and do a thing. You stand in on this guy. We'll even put you in the game. So I bat I batted awesome. lead off for them. Yeah, you did. And this this is a guy that they said could hit so ninety they on put the gun you in the game. In the game. So, right. So I oh, stood Lord. in, and I don't think he gave me his best, and it certainly didn't cut. But I did put a bat on it. Ooh. And legged it out. Oh, so you're saying I'm full of baloney that you no. could? So Vinny, <laughs> I'm saying I didn't get let's say this best. Let's say you get to pick a Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, any pitcher that they have on their thing. And you get ten swings. You can take a. You can uh, look at a pitch, let it go by. And this is not in a game. Obviously, I don't think the Brewers are going to be in that position. Hopefully, but you get ten cuts. Are you putting one in play? Is it Jeff Supon pitching? <laughs> can we go back historically? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just way, a meatballer. But Tausch, right. though, you've no, Tausch, I don't think so. Tausch has hit home runs. You've done the yeah. Uh, you. Yeah, that's batting practice, though. I mean, they're trying to like they're grooving it in. Uh, so, but still, that's impressive. I man. think this could be a fun thing. Obviously, we have a great relationship with the Milwaukee Brewers. I think we take Wisconsin's morning news on the road, okay. maybe even down at training camp, but. This would be a fun little case study to show you, and they're trying to strike us out. Okay. 
how we're going to do. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Okay, but they can't just throw it in the dirt either. we got to have somebody calling balls. No, you have to swing. There. You get ten okay. swings. Okay. Oh, man. Start swinging yesterday. That's good <laughs> advice, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You know who will be happy about that, Vince? Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. <laughs> That'll be happy if we do this. Take well one done. somewhere. Well done. <laughs> oh, God.